The year is 2020. I'm recording this on Wednesday, March 18th to be released on March 23rd. If you're listening in real time, your anxiety level is probably at an 11. All major sports have suspended play. Broadway shows have gone dark. Schools across the country have closed down. And now restaurants and bars everywhere have been ordered to close except for takeout and delivery service. Of course, we're talking about the coronavirus, COVID-19, and it is wreaking havoc on the economy, most of all our industry, the hospitality industry. If you're a small business owner, you are undoubtedly feeling the effects of this global pandemic. And on this week's episode, I want to talk about our community and share some ideas for what you can do to come out stronger on the other side of this disaster. Please stick around. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Okay, hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast dedicated entirely to the restaurant industry. So each week we discuss the tools, tactics, and strategies that will establish you as a leader in your market. That means doing more covers and driving more revenue. Each week I choose a different topic, we pick that topic apart, we come up with some key insights, and then finish up with an assignment. I always leave you with a short, actionable task, something you can do right away to start implementing some of the ideas we talk about here on the show, because as I always say, information is only as valuable as the action it inspires. If you like the show, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and make sure you're sharing these episodes with the people you work with. Changing the culture in your restaurant begins when you start letting people in, when you show them the things that you're thinking about. Now, this is a subject this week uh, that I've had no time to prepare for. All of us, I'm sure many of you listening, feel the same way. We're just flying by the seat of our pants right now. So I live here in New York City, and in the course of just five days, this thing went from no big deal to kind of a problem to an unmitigated disaster. Um, On Friday, the governor ordered all places seating 500 people or more to close down, and then restaurants uh, with less than 500 people to reduce capacity by 50%. The idea was to try to adhere to the social distancing guidelines, and for a brief moment, we thought that maybe that would be the worst of it. But of course, by Sunday evening, a new order was passed down by our mayor. Everything must shut down. So restaurants, bars, theaters, gyms, everything. And then, of course, the president made a similar decree uh, the following day. So thousands of places have been forced to close overnight, putting millions of workers out of a job. In a matter of just one week, everything in this country has changed. In many ways, uh, I guess we should have seen this coming. It was inevitable. And yet here we are in this bizarre new reality. Uh, I'm sure uh, it's uh, the same for you as it is for me. It still hasn't even quite set in yet, um, but this seems like it's going to be the new normal, at least for a little while. Now, the challenges of running a restaurant are great. Of course they are. We spend each and every week talking about them, but the challenges of running a restaurant during this sort of crisis are literally unprecedented. And this whole thing is is actually starting to look less like the Great Recession of 08 and 09 and more like the Great Depression of the 1930s. No joke, we're looking at a 15 to 20% unemployment rate on the other side of this crisis, which is the highest since before World War II. 
So if you're like most of the restaurant owners I know, you've closed your doors and you've had to lay off everyone. Perhaps you've kept your chef and your GM, but that's probably it, right? Everyone else, you've got filing for unemployment and no one has any idea when we'll be able to reopen. Four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, longer, no one can say. So Restaurant Strategy is a marketing podcast, and and so I'm not going to delve into the operational realities of this crisis. For that sort of information, you're probably best served by talking to an accountant or a lawyer. There are all kinds of businesses out there doing extraordinary things at this time, right? Restaurants who have shifted to a full delivery model, uh, gyms and fitness studios that have gone completely digital. They're figuring out ways to maintain at least a bit of cash flow for the time being and creating opportunities so that they can continue serving their audience. It won't work for every business, but I commend those out there that are doing whatever they can uh, to number one, serve their community, and number two, keep their people employed. The outpouring of support for the service industry is touching just in the last few days, but unless the government intervenes, I believe the damage will be irreparable and people are going to lose more than just their restaurants. I'm sure plenty of you guys out there agree, but I'm going to leave all of that for other people to debate. Instead, I want to talk about the marketing side of things, right? So For a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to put aside all the stress and anxiety you're feeling. And trust me, I know how difficult that is. Just like you, I'm having to call my credit card companies and ask for relief this month. I'm digging into my savings. I'm getting creative with cash flow, all the while trying to be a reassuring presence for the people I serve. That means my clients and, of course, all of you listening in. So know that I'm not asking you to do anything I'm not doing already. For just a few minutes, though, at least, I'm going to ask you to put everything aside so we can talk about what happens when we get to the other side of this. Because we will come out of this, and the question is, will you be better off or worse off? That, I believe, is largely up to you and how you choose to spend these next weeks and months. Now, I'm telling my clients the same thing I'm going to tell you. It's an exercise of sorts. Think of it like this. Instead of this thing crippling your business, imagine for a second that this shutdown is the answer to all of your prayers. And by that, I mean two important things. Number one, this outbreak is shining a light on all the dirty little corners of your business, right? You should be grateful that you're now aware of these issues. It's time to take a long, hard look at where you are and either leave the mess behind or commit yourself to really cleaning it up. Viewed that way, this becomes an important opportunity. And then number two, this shutdown is providing you with something truly precious, And that is time, time to act and time to start planning for what happens when you come out on the other side. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about those two areas because each of my personal clients has been affected by one or the other. Some of them have been affected by both. So I'm going to share personal stories from the front lines this week, uh, stories uh, of what some of my clients are doing and not doing. And then I'd like to share some ideas uh, for how to move forward. So then let's start with number one. For many businesses, this coronavirus situation drew attention to some areas that they've been ignoring. One client of mine is an Irish bar and restaurant here in Brooklyn, and they've been around for like 50 years, and so they're old school. They have a loyal group of patrons and still don't even have a reservation system. No joke, they still take down all their reservations in a big book at the front podium. Like I said, they're old school. So as you can imagine, for an Irish bar, St. Patrick's Day is one of the biggest days of the year for them. So aside from the fact that the bar is packed all day long, they also throw a big Irish dinner in the restaurant with live music and Irish dancers. It is a big party. It's a spectacle. They sell tickets weeks in advance, and they always sell out. 
Well, when the mayor shut down all the restaurants, they freaked out. The revenue they were going to lose was huge. All those charges they were going to have to refund. Well, I was talking to one of the two owners and I said, wait, 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 wait. Don't issue refunds. In light of the situation, just call people up and tell them you're issuing a credit for some time in the future. You can even explain about how cash flow is crucial during a crisis like this. And especially with such a loyal customer base, I'm sure many will be only too happy to honor that request. Well, while I was having this conversation with one of the owners, the other owner was already at the restaurant having the hostesses call and cancel reservations, and you guessed it, issuing refunds. Then they decided to stay open for delivery orders on St. Patrick's Day, right? After all, they had pounds and pounds of corned beef and cabbage, not to mention shepherd's pie and lamb stew. So we posted on social media and the website that we were taking orders for pickup and delivery. We got to the morning of March 17th, just yesterday, and the other owner, the one I rarely deal with, was suddenly nervous. He wanted to know what else we could do to get the word out. And I said, well, when you called everyone to cancel their reservations, you should have also used that as an opportunity to let them know that even though you won't be doing the big party, you will be serving takeout all day. And instead of issuing refunds, you should have applied that money toward their to-go orders and then issued the rest as a credit. And he said, well, we've never really issued credit before. We always just give our patrons refunds when it's needed. And I said, well, this outbreak is unprecedented and we should have stopped for a second to talk about it all. I'm the one you have here to help you think through these things. And I wish we'd have uh, had a conversation. So they did what they did because that's the way it was always done. And it really hurt them this time around. So the first lesson here is something we talk about from time to time on this podcast, and that is to stop and think outside the box. Think about how we can serve our audience in new ways. So beyond that, I went on to explain, right? The answer would have been an e-blast. And it's something I've been trying to get them to do for the past 18 months. That would have been the perfect way to let people know about the delivery service. A quick email sent to a group of engaged customers. And I swear to God, when I said it, this time I watched the light bulb go off. He suddenly got it. Both of the owners did. Now they realize the power of an engaged email list about how important it is to be able to, to reach all of your customers quickly and effectively. And so this crisis drew their attention to those two key areas. Do we have systems and procedures in place that make sense? And how can we continue to question the way we do things so that we can make things better. Because yes, on the one hand, issuing refunds for a canceled St. Patty's dinner is the right thing to do, but what would it have hurt to initiate the conversation a different way over the phone? So imagine for a minute if the hostess had said this when calling to cancel reservations. I'm so sorry, but in accordance with the mayor's guidelines, we have to close the restaurant immediately, and that means we'll be canceling the St. Patrick's Day festivities, but we've decided to take orders over the phone for pickup and delivery, so that means corned beef and cabbage and shepherd's pie and lamb stew, plus our full tavern menu. If you want, we can take the order right now over the phone and just apply your deposit directly to that order. Um, otherwise, we're issuing credit for, uh, for future use. Just let us know next time you book a reservation, and we'll make sure the credit credit gets applied. Yes, of course, some of the customers probably would have insisted on a refund. So be it. You give it to them. But I bet most would have been just fine with a credit for future dining. And I'm thinking more than half of the reservations probably would have placed a big to-go order for St. Patrick's Day. And what a boon that would have been for the business. 
at all times, we should be rethinking our systems to make sure they help us serve our audience and drive more revenue. And this is especially true now in a crisis. Of course, then the other big thing they learned, right, is exactly why we build and maintain an engaged email list. I think they could have doubled their sales if they'd simply blasted out an email to 10 or 20,000 people that, that they were going to be taking orders for to-go food. Meanwhile, another client of mine, a fast casual Mexican place in Manhattan, has the perfect sort of business for just such a crisis like this. So pretty much all of their business is pickup and delivery orders, except they've focused almost entirely on office business. And now, since most people are working from home, they're screwed. And it's not like they don't have residential buildings around them. They do, but they opted instead a long time ago to push just for office catering business. And so they made the difficult decision to close this week. And now we're scrambling to put together a plan to court some of the residents in the area. But it's going to be an uphill battle because they've been around for six years and the residents hardly know them. When they come back after all this, they're going to have to diversify their business model, both residential and business orders. And they have an incredible email list, almost 15,000 people with an average open rate of like 30%, something I've worked very hard to achieve for them. But we can't blast the list because there's nowhere to send them. Until the owners decide to open back up, there's nothing we can do right now. So then another client of mine is in the process of rebranding their restaurant, right? They opened about nine months ago and have been slipping each and every month. They brought me on to help them retool the business, to clarify the brand, and to stop the bleeding, really. In just a few short weeks, we've made incredible strides and things were really coming together. And then, of course, comes this. Except for them, I think this is a blessing in disguise. Of course, the owner didn't see it that way. He just saw another month or two with no cash flow. But I had to remind him that this was the opportunity of a lifetime, a hiatus where we could repaint, do some light renovations, keep reworking the menu, and shoot all of the new food. Then when we reopen for business, we can relaunch the new brand, the new menu, basically introducing a whole new restaurant to the neighborhood. And he didn't see it that way. In fact, we had a conversation just yesterday, and he hung up pretty frustrated with me. But then he called me back three hours later and apologized and said, you're right. You're absolutely right. I was looking at this the wrong way, but now we have time. Before, we just had to retool everything quickly and start making money right away. But now, now we can take our time and get this part right and then come busting out of the gate when this city comes back to life. And that was an epiphany I wanted him to have and something I want all of you out there to get. This leads us to the second piece of this crisis management. What can you do during this downtime to make sure that your restaurant comes back better than ever? So way back on episode 17, we talked all about retooling the menu to make sure it's working for you. And if you're like most of the people I know, you don't usually have the time to run complex reports and plot items on a matrix to gauge the profitability of those menu items. But you have time now, so why not do it? See what's working and what isn't working on your menu, and then start making plans to develop new items. Redesign the layout of the menu, rework pricing, whatever. Menu development takes time, and time is something we now have. Or maybe it's the right time to schedule a photo shoot, right? I've been calling up a bunch of my former clients to see if they want to use this time to schedule a photo shoot for later this month. So you've got the chef plus a bunch of food on hand. Why not bring in a food photographer to capture great images of your menu? Or maybe this is the perfect time to pull together an email list, especially now it's never been more important to start building an online community. An engaged list would be a great first start. 
maybe now is a good time to start laying out a new social media strategy, uh, one that includes, of course, a steady stream of photos and videos, but also live content and other features. So one of my restaurants does a Facebook Live with their wine director every single week, and this is the perfect opportunity to keep that going. So he's going live still once a week from his apartment, continuing the dialogue about wine education, except now it's more focused on the reality of everyone being stuck at home. If you've got a chef who's good on camera, have them flip on their iPhone and and give some cooking tutorials. Massimo Batura has been on IGTV every day this week. In fact, just yesterday he was giving a lesson on how to build a proper bechamel. Of course, if you've taken my advice and you have a blog, it's important that you keep up with that. Keeping in touch with your audience, especially over these next several weeks, uh, is going to be crucial so that you continue building a relationship. Remember, trust doesn't happen overnight. It's the generous thing to do, and it's also the thing that is going to help you make more money down the line when we come through this. So right now, you don't have to worry about schedules or payroll or invoices or food prep. No mise en place, no confirmation calls, nothing. Sure, you have to fret about cash flow, but anything else is just spinning your wheels in the mud. So take all of this time and make the decision to do something with it. Do something to put your restaurant in a better position on the other side of this crisis. So when I launched this podcast, the most important piece to me was making things actionable. I wanted listeners to finish an episode and have a clear vision for how to put that lesson to work right away. So in that spirit, here's your to-do list. Number one, if you still don't have an email list, now is the time to start compiling it. Start an Excel spreadsheet if you need to. Go through all of your files and see what email addresses you have. Your email contacts, uh, hosts from past private events, uh, reservations, etc. Use this time to start an email list. Number two, uh, I want you to put together a content strategy. How can you keep in contact with your audience during this shutdown? Uh, Is that a Facebook Live once a week with updates or cooking tutorials or what? Maybe it's a blog post with some recipes or or fun things to do with the kids in the kitchen. Come up with a plan you can put into practice now, something you'll be able to continue when you're back up and running. Number three, come up with a strategy for social media, right? You obviously aren't going to post pictures of your food every day, but what are you doing instead? I'm recommending that my clients keep posting one to two times a week as a way of maintaining that conversation. Now more than ever, people are looking for connection. They're looking for entertainment. So solve that problem for your audience right now. Uh, Go through the exercises I outlined in episode number 17, right? Menu magic. Run the PMIX reports and start charting your menu items on a graph. Create that matrix and see what items are working hard for you and which ones are not. Circle a handful of items that gotta go and start brainstorming new items and use this time to mess around with the layout of your menu. Just like we talk about in that episode, placement of items can make a big difference in the bottom line. How do you call out certain items and and on and on and on. Your menu is the one thing that every single person gets when they sit down at your restaurant. Let's make sure it's working for you. If you haven't listened to episode number 17, uh, put that on your to-do list. Go back and review that episode. It's called Menu Magic. Uh, The next one, look at the physical plant. Can you do a deep clean during this time? Um, What about playing around with the floor plan? Again, usually we don't have the luxury to reconsider the choices we made early on in the restaurant's life, but that is what we have now, time. So take it, use it. I also want you to take a look at your website, make sure it's working for you. There's a simple framework I use when I redesign websites, and I tell this to all of my clients, I will tell it to you. Each time I land on a page, I ask myself, what do they want me to do? You have to be able to answer that question and make it crystal clear for the user. So if the most important thing is for people to book a reservation, then the reserve now button 
better be the most prominent thing on every single page. If you want people to place an order online, then there better be an order now button on every single page. Pictures are great, stories are great, but don't fall into the trap of talking all about yourself. Remember to think about what your customer wants. They're planning a special dinner. They want to know if this is going to be the kind of place that will impress their date. They're hungry and they want to order something now. They want to know what you have and they're going to decide if that's what they want to eat. I'll tell you, I'm doing this with one of my clients this week. We've been debating an overhaul to their website for the past two months. And when this shutdown hit, I called the owner and said, we got to do this now. Now is the perfect time. And he agreed. So I'm reworking their entire site, top to bottom, going through this same framework. So make sure the site is telling the people what they want to know, not just the things that you want them to know. And then finally, the last thing on your to-do list, go through your systems and get organized. What happens when someone calls to order a gift card? put a system in place, write it down and post it so that everyone who works the phones knows what to do. Where's the nearest parking, Uh, the nearest attractions, the entertainment venues? Put together a list with directions so that you can tell people how to get to you. What happens if the POS system goes down? Do you have a crash kit ready to go? If not, take this time to put one together. Are your service manuals up to date, menu descriptions, training packet? This is your chance to make your restaurant into the very best version of itself. Or maybe it needs to evolve into something else, right? Maybe sales this past 12 to 18 months haven't been great. Is something not working? This is your opportunity to pivot. And you've got several weeks to brainstorm and decide what that pivot will look like. I spent a long time pursuing a career I didn't want. So I came to New York to be an actor because I loved the theater. You'd hear all these numbers about how difficult it was, how many people fail, and I was lucky to to work quite a bit, but I had dry spells just like a lot of other actors, and I realize now that I struggled in the industry far longer than I needed to simply because I was embarrassed to become, quote-unquote, just another number, just another failed actor. But see, I wasn't really happy in that career path. Most of the jobs paid so little, and I was always leaving town, leaving my friends, leaving my family and the city I loved, all for a couple hundred bucks a week. No thanks. As I look back, I realize that I love the theater, but I didn't love my place in the theater. There were other things that interested me more and things I wouldn't have discovered unless I had let that career go. I tell you that to release you from the stigma associated with quote-unquote giving up. Failure is in the eye of the beholder, and to me, failure means doing something you don't enjoy. So take this as an opportunity to decide what it is you want. If the current business is not working, then take the time to decide on what a pivot looks like. Let's find a new path forward. You want more flexibility than what will get you there. You want less pressure than find a path that provides that. You want to serve more people or build a stronger connection to the people you do serve? Then it all begins by identifying that, by being honest with yourself. This event, this crisis is unprecedented and it's a scary time for all of us. I can see my entire savings being flushed and I have no idea how to stop that from happening. And I'm sure many of you are thinking the same thing, but what we can do is use this time to our advantage to retool, redevelop, redesign, put ourselves in a position to succeed once we come back from this. As we move forward, I'm planning to spend more time on this subject. I I can't imagine, uh, I couldn't imagine I was going to, but uh, but I'm going to. Um, I need your help. I want to hear your stories and I want to share your stories as much as possible. So if you have a few minutes, please email me directly, chip at chipclose.com. That's C-H-I-P. 
K-L-O-S-E.com. I want to know what you're doing right now, what you're seeing other people doing, and how you're using this time to ensure success on the other side of this crisis. Drawing on our community is the best way I know uh, to help the community. Undoubtedly, there are questions you have that other people can answer uh, and things that you're doing to make some money that other people can adopt. If we want, we can help each other through this, and I think that's what we all want. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in. I know our lives got more complicated uh, in just a matter of a week. Uh, we're homeschooling our kids. Our spouses are either out of work as well or, or working from home. So I appreciate you taking the time to listen into this podcast. Please keep spreading the word about the show. Keep doing the assignments. And I will see you back here next week. Stay safe until then and take care of your families. <laughs>